Elizabeth McNaughton. Welcome to the Leading Through Challenge Show. Uh, we just had a great chat today. We talked a lot about our stress response and how we respond in a crisis. Uh, and we talked about as well uh, building the, the walls of Te Whare Tapawha, uh in preparation to go through challenging times. What other stuff did we touch on? Oh, Chris, we had a great old yarn. Um, we talked about the most important things, um, that uh, the things that are most important for the leaders to do right now. We talked about um, what leadership means in times of crisis. Uh, we talked about where I had failed in my leadership um, in my career. Um, and very much we talked about how as leaders we lead others to where we ourselves are at and whether we lead people to a place of calm or crazy in these situations comes back to where we are ourselves as leaders. Elizabeth McNaughton, welcome to Leading Through Challenge. Thanks so much for joining me today. Kia ora, Chris. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. Now, who is Elizabeth McNaughton in a nutshell? Well, you could say that my career has quite literally been a series of disasters. Um, I have worked in disasters all over the world and started off with the Boxing Day Asian Tsunami, so didn't start small, um, and have always had a real passion to um, support people and work with people in times of crisis. And so that's my purpose and my passion. I am, though, also a mum to a fabulous 10-year-old boy. And um, he also um, inspires me to really think about how we can make our world safer and support our world through huge transitions that we have coming up ahead. We're hearing words like, this is unprecedented. but you know, the Australian bushfires, the global pandemic we're going through now. But the point is, unprecedented is the new normal. And so it's about how do we lead in these times, how we support others through stress and uncertainty. It's so important for our world going forward and for future generations. Yeah, exactly. And I, I completely agree with you. And I think it, I mean, obviously it's unprecedented in that it's a unique situation to this time period, but human history, if you look back, it's not really that unprecedented. There's been huge disasters. There's been pandemics before. Um, I think people often have quite a short memory that the, the human, human species has gone through massive change and massive upheaval before. Um, and kind of one of the, one of the reasons for this show is actually to, hopefully get us better at being able to lead through those challenges because sooner or later another one's going to come up for us after this one. Mm. I think you're right in that as humans we have done this before. We know how to do this. We know how to adapt and find new ways to thrive and we can take comfort in that knowledge. I think what is unprecedented now, though, is that the science tells us and has for a really long time that with climate change, the frequency and the intensity of these disasters is going to be like we've never had before. Um, and that is what is unprecedented. And that is what, as leaders, we need to step up to the plate on. Mm, definitely. What excites you the most about leadership as a concept? 
the um, I think we can get too hung up on the word leadership actually um, and we get this idea of you know what a leader looks like and this idea of hero leadership you know this character comes in and saves the city um, what excites me about leadership going forward is to have diversity of thought diversity of identity diversity of skills um, coming together to form more like the Avengers, you know, <laughs> to tack in the, tackle these complex issues that our world is facing these days. And that excites me about leadership. The other thing that excites me about leadership is that we can all lead from where we are. We can lead in our families. We can uh, lead in our communities. Um, we can lead in our, in our jobs and at work. It's not something that is necessarily a title or um, left to certain people to do. And the more that we understand that and support each other in that and collectively lead, the better we'll be. That is, the, I really enjoy how you articulated that. Um, and I, I completely agree. The diversity is, is so important because we all view the world through our, our certain lens and our certain perspective. And even those people who are quite similar to us will have a slightly different take and a different viewpoint. Um, and often it's really hard. Like we, we problem solve one way and we try and figure out the world one way based on our perspective. And for some problems, that's sweet. That's, that's great. But for others, um, I, I know from experience that, like if I get stuck on a problem going and talking to someone else, especially someone who is reasonably different to me will often just shine a really interesting light on it and, and just illuminate it from a perspective that I haven't seen before, which is, yeah, is, is super fascinating. And um, that's such a great point, Chris. And I think in times of stress and crisis, we have to be really intentional about that because as leaders, what we do is, and it's human nature, is that we bring those that we know and trust close to us and we rely on them to help us make decisions and because they help us feel safe and comfortable. But those people are not necessarily the people you need to be working and solving the problem with you. So um, you have to be quite intentional about seeking out those differing viewpoints or skill sets and really think, okay, how do I bring a diversity of thought around this problem, um, even though it makes me feel uncomfortable to mm. do so? And I think, too, in these challenging times, it can be more difficult for us to, as leaders to hear feedback. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yet feedback is what we need uh, to make the best decisions. So just knowing that um, is normal to be helpful. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes it's hard to hear feedback uh, anyway because it does, it, we perceive it as a threat to ourselves uh, and no one likes to, to be, feel threatened. But obviously in times of, of challenge or in times of stress or in times of crisis, that threat level that we have is already elevated. So asking for feedback and getting feedback actually increases the threat response in us. Um, so, I mean, I, I've had to train myself to get better at receiving feedback, but in times like this, again, as you say, it's, it's really hard because that threat level is already quite high. Absolutely. And, 
The other thing um, that is really important for leadership in these times is to be able to find the end between two mm. points of view or at least to hold the space for those differing views and for that discussion and to then really find an elegant solution through that um, is probably one of the most important things to do in times of stress and uncertainty, but also on um, through recovery, through prolonged um, cumulative stress in the years that it takes to rebuild after disruption. You know, when you've and, and to really, as a leader, to be able to kind of sit above the noise and the stress and the, the tensions and the, you know, people getting ratty with each other and all of that stuff and to be able to see it for, okay, that is how people are responding to this situation, not necessarily how they're responding to me. Mm. And part of my role as a leader is to be able to um, take is, is to be able to take some of that um, projection and to understand that it's a grief response quite often and it's not personal. So um, to understand why it's coming and to not take it personally can be really helpful at times like this. Yeah, really helpful, but often really difficult as well. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I really enjoyed, we, we were having a bit of a chat before we hit record, and I really enjoyed um, just one of the lines that you mentioned, that we lead people to the place that we are. Um, I may not have quite got that quote right, but can you ex explain that and expand on it a little bit? Absolutely. So um, I did some research around the world with the Winston Churchill Fellowship and I spoke to a whole lot of recovery leaders um, about their experience and I asked them what was like the top characteristic they thought was most important in a leader during these times and unanimously almost the answer was calm. But then in further discussion it's actually you lead people to where you yourself are at. So what that means is you can lead people to a place of calm or you can lead people to a place of chaos. And a lot of it depends on how, as a leader, you have set up your own foundations. Your, you know, if you think about Te Whare Tapafa, which is the most fabulous um, model of um, well-being and health, um, that looks at the four walls of your whare, your psychological health, your physical health, your social connectedness and your um, spiritual health. And if those four walls of your whare aren't strong, you don't have that foundation to keep you in a calm place. So at the end of the day, it actually comes back to where you are at as a leader and the work that you have done on your own well-being, your own foundation, so that you can hold calm and steady for others in times of stress and uncertainty. And another interesting point was a number of these leaders that I spoke to had had cases of burnout or severe problems with mental health. And they said, Elizabeth, the really concerning thing about this was I reckon my team was three or four weeks behind me and where I ended up. And so that's another example of how you lead others to where you are at yourself. But the great news is there's so much you can do to prepare that foundation and to strengthen those walls of your whare. Um, and to do that, you can do that 
in the midst of a crisis situation, but it's actually best to really integrate that into your everyday and see it as part of your leadership. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And like, obviously we're in the middle of a challenging time at the moment. So hopefully people have already started kind of building a base um, of, of these practices. Um, but if you haven't, it's not too late to start now. So uh, I'm, I'm curious, Elizabeth, like what does, what does building the walls of your whare look like for you at the moment? What I'm doing to strengthen the four walls of my whare. Mm. Um, so if we think around uh, tahatinana, so the physical world, the physical world, um, I'm, I was late to understanding how important the physical aspect to my well-being was. Um, I focused very much throughout my career on uh, taha hiningaro, my psychological health, or taha whānau, my social connectedness, because I really felt I needed those things for what I was doing and what I was seeing with this disaster work. I needed the alliances, the connections, the relationships, the trust to get things happening. And I needed a strong psychological framework to manage being in the field and seeing the destruction, devastation, working with affected people. I needed that really. Um, and that was obvious. What wasn't obvious to me <laughs> was the, the tahatinana, the physical wall and the physical side of things. So what happened is I'd work really really hard and then I wouldn't take care of that and I'd get really really sick you know and I'd have like autoimmune conditions and I'd have colds all the time and I'd have all of these things going on and then I'd just work really hard to make up for that and so my fade was unsound in that sense and so what I've been doing recently is really focusing on tahatinana my physical health and the difference to my performance has just been amazing. Um, and yeah, that's been a real eye opener. So um, I would recommend that everybody takes a look at their fade, does a structural assessment. <laughs> and if you have any like crumbling walls or things that um, need to, to be looked at that you really take the time to do that in preparation for whatever comes at you in life and um, I think it's also really important to get the best team around you to do that um, if you can so for example I have a personal board for my um, own health and resilience and well-being a group of amazing people who I can talk to and keep me on track with ensuring that my whare is sound so, um, you know, I go walking with a friend. Um, oh, I have a, a limber desk, which is amazing. I don't know if yeah. you've had it, go. Um, but being able to, it's a, a desk that you can move from um, sitting to standing and everything in between right throughout the day. Um, that's been amazing. Um, I've got great advice from HealthFit Collective. And so I've put people around me who can help me solve these problems and it's really worked a treat. So that's been my real focus of late. Awesome. And probably as well, challenge you a little bit on some of the beliefs that you held around those areas as well. Like we talked about diversity of perspective as well and, and having our perspective challenged, I think in some of these situations is, is fantastic. 
Absolutely. And and it's tough, right? Like I hadn't ex- I'm like 40 years old and I've never exercised. So tackling that, it sounds easy, but it's really hard. And then to be vulnerable and admit that to others and say, hey, look, I need some help with this. I need some expertise. It's not an easy thing to do, um, but really important. And it's just helped so much. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's leadership right there. <laughs> Elizabeth, um, oh, this this is all about leadership and, and all about how we can get better at leadership. But has there been a time that you haven't led well? And if so, are you happy to share it? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sure there are. I think... Mm, I think I'm always very driven by the noble purpose or uh, the mission. Um, And when you're working in times of crisis and disruption, that is the collaboration anchor for your team and a whole bunch of stakeholders. It's all very urgent. It's all very... um, compelling and you can I can I have at times got caught up in that in that mission um, and haven't taken enough care and enough time to think about my well-being or the well-being of my team Um, and when you're looking at community need and if and the need is so great you can think how do I support the community but you're not thinking how do I support myself and my team in their leadership to support the community so i think where i failed in my leadership before would would be doing that um and i actually learned from a really amazing guy in the corporate sector who was working in a disaster who i met and he started the other way around and focused on his well-being the well-being of his team and then the well-being and support to the community and that was a much better way around and i really learned that from him and Having learnt that, I really think I um, improved my leadership, got it more in balance. So that was that was really helpful. But also, what it did was it inspired the work that we do now. So um, I am a co-founder in a company called Hummingly, and we prepare people and communities in the world to do stress and uncertainty well. Um, and what we what we found was that in these tough situations um and it's not it wasn't just just me i mean many leaders burn out or they burn out their teams Mm. yeah and when you're there to do good that's not good enough um so we tested everything around in terms of well-being and it wasn't making a difference in these situations so um we did a lot of research um my co-founder is a cognitive psychologist and we created products to help people through these times so I guess this, all of this learning and some of these failings actually turned out to be motivation um, to do better and to help others do well in these times. Yeah. Yeah. And I think ideally that's what all of our failures turn out, out into is, is learning points for us. Elizabeth, what should leaders be doing right now? They should make sure that they take time to pause 
to stop, to reflect. Um, what can happen is you can get yourself in a headspace where everything is urgent and everything has to be done now and that kind of sense of overwhelm. And what happens is that you can, it's very easy in that mindset to really go down the wrong path or to not see things that are really obvious or to not think strategically. It's really hard to think strategically when you have a whole lot of stress hormones racing through you. Um, so it's important to stop, pause and reflect and just take that time. And if that time is just five minutes before you have to go into a meeting to make a decision, or if that time is the weekend to just reset and approach things differently on Monday, that's excellent too. If you've been running hard at this for six months, then it's about taking three or four weeks off to do that pause and reflect and get some strategic perspective on the issues. Um, and it's leaders who can do that, that I see make really good decisions over time in difficult situations. Awesome. Elizabeth McNaughton, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Chris. There you have it, everyone. Great conversation with Elizabeth McNaughton uh, about what, she'll, what we should be doing leading through challenge at the moment. Um, grab your leadership cape, strap it on and have a wander around. Think strategically. If you enjoyed this conversation, if you got some value out of it, I really love it if you would share it out with someone else that you think might find it helpful. Um, but also, I want to try and get these conversations in front of as many people as possible. And, and one really good way to do that is to subscribe on your favorite podcast app on Spotify, on, on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube uh, and leave a rating and review. It just helps make the show a little bit more visible, gets these conversations in front of more people and helps more people lead through challenge. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll catch you again soon. Mm -hmm.